Hello and welcome to the Spooky Shelf Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Ducaro. In this podcast, I invite my guests to curate their very own spooky shelf, comprising 13 titles that they think is the best the horror genre has to offer. My guests for this episode are again the Drunken Horror Ladies for part two of the conversation I had with them. Remember to subscribe to the Spooky Shelf so you can keep up to date with more guests from the online horror community. Now it is time to return to the Drunken Horror Ladies for part two of their spooky shelf. This is my favourite question of all the questions I ask my guests on the Spooky Shelf. Um, and it is deliberately vague. Uh, which horror movie had the most emotional effect on you? Rebecca, let's come to you for that one. So it was between uh, two films for this one, and mm-hmm. weirdly they're both Austrian, so uh, something's going on with the Austrian filmmakers making disturbing, mm. horrible films. <laughs> um, but um, So the first one I considered was uh, Goodnight Mummy. I don't know if any of you have seen that. I have seen Goodnight Mummy, yes. Yeah, they've just made a really shit like Amazon uh, remake, so I'd recommend for everyone to watch I, the I, original. I gave that a swerve, yeah. Yeah, um, I started watching it. I was like, no. <laughs> um, but the one I actually picked is uh, Funny Games. Um, and I talk about this film a lot. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly think the director made this film just like with the intention to completely disturb and make mm. people feel uncomfortable. Um, which I kind of respect, but I also never want to see this film again. Um, it's really good, but there's nothing nice you can say about it. Um, so basically, it's just based around um, these two guys who turn up at um, a family's holiday home and just decide to like emotionally and then physically torture them. And mm. it's really, really horrible. <laughs> it, it is, because I think the the real secret source to it is the fact that it, it lingers on moments of suffering that normally we cut away from because it is because it's horrible and it's like well you know if you're watching a film the whole idea is it's to you know entertain or or, or something like that so when you're presented with the, the 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 bit that I'll always remember because I have I've only ever seen it the once myself the bit that always stuck with me was um the mum just crying just wailing yeah. and howling at what's just happened and it's just Oh, yeah, it's gut wrenching, isn't it? I never particularly went for the whole sort of telling off bit of it, though. You know, where it's like, oh, you're watching this; it's your fault. You're doing this, and and when they do the postmodern thing of rewinding the tape, I was like, I'll leave that. But yeah, I hate that because the rest of the film so feels so like real and like gritty. I'm like, why, why put mm. that in? Um, but yeah, and like um, the bit that really got me, which is really weird, is the bit at the beginning where um, they're like asking to borrow some eggs and just like keep breaking the eggs um and from there it goes downhill and really like a scene like that should be like comic Mm. um but the way it's kind of portrayed to the viewer it's just so uncomfortable and you can imagine yourself being in that situation where you want someone to get out of your house and you're trying to help them out and they're just like taking the piss basically yeah yeah i mean that that sort of feeling i think was more recently felt in speak no evil for me that one that that just of like that social awkwardness horror do you know what i mean but that that's exactly what it is in in funny games with the eggs it's just it's horrendous isn't it yeah it's i can't say it's one i'm you know looking forward to revisiting to be completely honest yeah (laughs) um luna alice have you seen funny games as well 
I saw Funny I Games no. a while ago, but like I've actually just made a note of it because I'm like that is one I want to revisit. So I'm just like, oh, good reminder. So I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit this. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones. I think very much it's you watch it and you go, oh, I, I get what you're going for, and then just mm. that'll do because I I can't imagine anyone <laughs> like thinking, oh, Friday night get a beer and a pizza and I don't know stick on Funny. <laughs> <laughs> It also got remade as well. It must have been sort of like 2009, 10 sort of time. Did you know that? It's, it's had a remake. Yeah, it's like a shot for shot remake as well, isn't it? Just isn't like it? American. Yeah. I always wonder, like, what's the fucking point of yeah. shot for shots? Like, I, I just don't get that. It's, yeah. Why not do something different? But yeah, anyway. Funny Games is an excellent shout for that one. So, so when you when you say Rebecca, when you say the the most emotional effect, it was the, what the most crushingly like I just don't need this ever again. <laughs> yeah, just leaving the film feeling a bit empty and like void of happiness. <laughs> it's, just, it's one of those ones. You're like, oh, I need a bath and a hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent stuff. Um, Alice, let's come to you for the the horror film that had the most emotional effect on you. So I have it's a really tough choice between the two. So maybe you it said can that be a for double everyone. Fe- I know, I know, <laughs> but like I think this one is definitely like a tough contender. So maybe we could do like a double feature DVD um, for this I'll, one. I'll talk to my people. Request. I'll talk <laughs> yeah. to my people. See what we can do. Um, but the first one, and it's in a movie that I've never wanted to watch again, and I'll probably and it'll, actually it'll be the same with this my second choice as well but these two movies are ones that i watched once and i'll only ever watch again if someone's requested to talk about it on the podcast um first up is uh antichrist um Ooh. oh god <laughs> i watched that at university and was like i i just i have no words for how much that movie just like May I think the same kind of feelings for you, Rebecca, just like just made me feel horrible um, mm. and just never wanted to watch it <laughs> ever again. Um, and then the second one is it's more of a recent one came out a couple of years ago now um, is The Sadness, uh, the Taiwanese mm-hmm. um, zombie uh, body horror, um, which is just horrific, like so incredibly violent. And so there's one scene in particular where if you watch the movie, everyone will know exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's not funny. Um, (laughs) Anyone who's watched the movie will know like that scene in particular um, (laughs) is just like so horrific. Um, And they they both have this. Go on. I'm (laughs) racking my brains as to which part of the sadness is the the worst bit. Because which which, give a little hint. What's the um, the bit with the, with the man and the woman, the man who's like chasing the woman down and then eventually gets to her. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alice, from, from the train. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go Alice on, rec- no, I was going to say, Alice, recommend- I remember when Alice watched this because she messaged the group chat. She's like, I'm watching this film. And I'd heard about <laughs> it, but just hadn't watched it. And she's like, I've had to just walk away from it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I need to see this now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did stop it halfway through and then had to go back to it like the next day or two days afterwards. And it's very rare when I do that with a film. Um, that is fascinating, yeah. actually. That, that, you know, it, it just speaks to sort of, you know, what 
yeah, everyone has different limits of bits and pieces. And perhaps I was just, I was having a good day or something because I watched The Sadness and I was like, this is wicked. (laughs) (laughs) This is horrible. I think it was like the, because it's about your most like deepest, darkest, desires in some way I guess um Mm. coming out that's what happens when you when you get this disease um and it to kind of realize that this is what goes on in some people's minds and this is what some people think about what they want to do to you Mm. and then they're just able to do it is just terrifying it's way more scary than a like a zombie chasing you down the street this is someone who's going to do something so well, that is, it, that's it isn't it the, the point you just made there about that with the you know with what we'd call sort of a traditional zombie i suppose the we're told they're acting only on the basest impulse of eating and that's it yeah as soon as you add in that tiny sliver of agency of okay they kind of it's a similar thing but they're actually enacting something they they want to do that is what yeah. makes it horrific. You're absolutely right with that sequence, the 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 lady on the train, and then what happens after that. That is absolutely horrendous. I'd like to make completely clear that's not the bit I was like, this is really fun. The bit that I found <laughs> fun was all the squishy, bloody goodness. So, oh, I mean, it's like it. The special effects is fantastic, and it's like it's almost immediate when you when it all kind of kicks off as well. And I remember when it first started happening, we'd be like, "Oh, this is great! This is so like horrific and brutal." And then as it was went further down the line, I was like, "I can't handle this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's um, let's get back to, uh, to the first one you mentioned, Antichrist. Then, so I, yeah. I've not I've not seen Antichrist myself, but I I I've. I, I, don't actually see, think I've seen much Lars von Trier. So, what was it about Antichrist that that stuck around that gave you the most emotional effects you've had with the film? Um, it was just. I mean, I have no. I have no words for like how much this movie just affected me. It was. I mean, it was very. From what I remember, it being quite anti-women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women are the devil. Um, and horrific um there is one scene in particular which is very gruesome and very um very graphic um and uh, and i won't spoil it because you know you've got to watch it <laughs> <laughs> i think i know that i know the secret the, the scene that you're referring to because i remember yeah. it being like the talking point of it at, like, yeah of course yeah um and it, yeah, it just, it's just always stuck with me. And I've just always had just no desire ever to kind of rewatch it. And it's been probably like well over 10 years now. Um, and since I last saw it, I can't even, can't even do the maths for it. Um, <laughs> like it's just, it's just been locked away. And it's been, if someone was to suggest to watch it, I would be like, no, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> has, it, has it put you off of Von Trier, like, completely or, or have you watched any other of, of his bits no i haven't watched any other stuff that i'm aware of anyway um yeah, um, yeah uh, that i can think of on the top of my head it's a very very strange that i think that's probably the best thing you could say about Lars von tree he's very very strange i remember um so i, I studied um film at a university so and did they I. showed oh fantastic <laughs> they, they showed us um oh what was it? i think it was called the idiots 
And okay. the idiots is basically the story of this group of people who realize not that there's there's a benefit to, but there's some there's certain things they can get away with if they imitate people with um mental illnesses or you know special needs or anything like that. And so we we're watching this film and I was like, already my my uh, my hackles are up because uh my brother, my older brother James, he has Down syndrome. And obviously growing up, you know, in this lovely country, um any sort of instances of someone, you know, taking the piss out of him, it immediately sends me to to the point that it, you know, if it's kind of like my sort of Hulk weakness. My wife and I have a code word for it. Like if we're in a public place and someone does something that triggers that, I have to say that, right, that's, that's flashpoint. If we don't get out of here, I'm going to start throwing hands. So Mm. then to have like a filmmaker making this point and sort of taking the piss. But then there's this really, 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 really weird thing that happened where I started to like feel a bit for a bit. There's two characters who fall in love, but the way they express their love is through this imitation and this really quite offensive sort of character uh, caricature of um, sort of tics or, or something like that. But there was part of me that was like, there is a sweet love story in there somewhere. So it's it occupies a very, very, Last One Tree occupies a, a very, very strange part of my brain where my initial response is, how fucking dare you? Yeah. But then beneath it, I was like, I I kind of, it doesn't make sense. And I'm, I'm, I, I realize I'm not all right with it. But there was a point where I was like, if it was just, two characters who had you know whatever sort of special needs it was or whatever they were found that would be a much more wholesome and lovely story but they don't so it, it's a very very complicated sort of relationship i i have with him there so i i do sort of avoid him but antichrist is the one that's like it has intrigued me a little bit but hearing stories about it how it's it's quite misogynistic and and even willem dafoe was going around he was saying i don't think it's a misogynistic film it's like well i don't know there's some dodgy bits i hear about it (laughs) yeah but yeah so okay antichrist and the sadness that that's quite the double bill isn't it (laughs) i know yeah that is a night in that i don't want to (laughs) have fantastic stuff right luna um, you mentioned it, but mine ultimately is Speak No Evil. Um, oh, no way. Yeah, this film, I don't think I'll ever watch this film again. Um, just like the ending really upset me. And I think you kind of said a very good point. Like my my nephew has Down syndrome. And like, I, I'm the same with whenever there's anything to do with like, um, like someone who has a disability or anything like that. And it's kind of being made fun of I get very emotional about it for in this instance this is kind of like a I mean I know the boy that this kind of has a severed tongue but you know Mm. we don't know that up until the end so I get very upset about it the way this boy's been treated um I really really struggle with like um let's what is the um social awkward situations Mm -hmm. like especially in film it's like I I can never watch peep show it's such a like so many people (laughs) I, I hate it it just and it like and I hate the fact that I hate it just because I can see why it's funny. It just I can't handle the social awkwardness of it. 
Oh, um, it's and such I, it's a just, comfort show of mine. Yeah, That's incredible. I can't do it. Yeah, me it too. Just, <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable and to the point where I just, I, I can't watch it. And it's exactly the same for this film. It was so difficult to get through this film. And then not only that, it's just the story was so intense. And then mm. for the the massive climax of the ending, um, sorry, I mean, I know I've said some spoilers there as well. Apologies for people listening, but like, this one really, this this film, like, just definitely will sit with me for years. I think in terms of just a film, I don't really want to ever revisit. Um, I know we did it for the podcast. We do, we did do it for an episode, <laughs> but like, that was difficult as hell. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, I this film, I I hate it. The social awkwardness of it, the how horrible these people are in to the people they are tormenting, the children as well. It, I hate it's just. It just really hit me in a place mm. I didn't really want to vis- ex- like visit with a horror film. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Particularly the the scene where the kids are dancing and they, they yes. just re- yeah. relentlessly no no do it properly and there's oh, yes yeah it's it, it just read out just I mean I, I wouldn't say I'm like a uh, it's weird because I, I'm not a massive like child person I, I wouldn't say I get very emotionally attached to like things that kids are doing or like I, I'm not really cheering on kid behavior i mean i love films with kids in it i absolutely hate um but this film like is just because of the pure innocence of it and just yeah. they're not doing anything wrong and this boy has a speech impediment it, it, i was like uh, some motherhood motherly instinct in me was kicking <laughs> in i'm like oh, it's, someone's about to get fucked up and get that kid <laughs> out of there now so uh, i yeah it's it, yeah that was a very difficult film for me yeah it it really is a it's a it's a tricky watch um and and the the revelation when you realize what's been going on yeah but then that 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 ending as well is just i I don't think i've seen anything anything like that ending before or since so yeah we we won't linger on it too much longer so (laughs) excellent there's some excellent answers to that question there um let's go for the eighth disc i'm going to ask you for then what was your best experience with a horror film in the cinema rebecca let's come to you for that one um, so it's not exactly the cinema, um, okay. <laughs> but um, basically, um, this is actually coming to Brighton Fringe again this year. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's really fun. Um, there's um, this show called Sing Along a Wicker Man, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. anyone who listens to Drunk and Horror knows I am absolutely obsessed with the Wicker Man. Obviously, not the Nick Cage version. <laughs> um, and um, this was just like the biggest like um, thing for just like Wickerman fan girls. Like we, like um, I went with some friends and there were like people dressed up um, and they basically just play the film and you get a lyric sheet. Um, they do cute little things like pass around like things to eat. Like when you see four skins on the screen, they like pass Ooh. around a frazzle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's just so much fun. <laughs> there's a there's a missed opportunity there. Surely you want to be passing around hula hoops. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. I love it. Actually, when you think about it, there's quite a few songs in the Wicker Man, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is quite a few. Like beyond the sort of the big one at the end that everybody knows, there is a. I really like the. Um, Oh, which one is it? The one they do with the, the teacher. It's like it's talking about a tree. What's that one? Um, it's like the it's fine, not... fine tree was he? That's the one. Yeah. I was <laughs> say, 
it's it's not the you know leg bones connected to the knee bone, but it's basically mm. that one. But just talking about <laughs> sing along, Wicker Man. What a fantastic idea! I like that. I might have to nip down to Brighton and uh, go check that one out. <laughs> That's great. Um, Alice, let's go with yours. Best experience with a horror film in a cinema. Um, so mine is um, Paranormal Activity Two. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I have, yeah. Because um, I didn't, I didn't see the first one in the cinema. I went to see the second one um, in the cinema, and it was a midnight showing, um, and it was absolutely packed, and it was everyone every you could just feel the tension from everyone when it got to like 3 a.m on the screen everyone was like oh that spooky bit's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah it was just it was just such a good experience and I've gone to see every single uh paranormal activity film in the cinema just to kind of try and get a glimpse of that uh experience again and it, i think it kind of happened with the third one and then it all goes downhill after that but um I, 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 that's what i've heard I've, I've only seen up to the third one myself but this is yeah. my, my thing with paranormal activity is actually i think you're you're quite right to to watch them as they come out in the cinema because i kind of think they only work in the cinema yeah like i've watched them back on dvd and blue or whatever and it's just like oh, it's actually really boring when you're not there in a big group <laughs> yeah. of people there's not yeah. a lot happening for quite a lot of that film. yeah definitely you do need to be with a, with a group of people and especially being yeah being in a cinema and not just not just having your mates around you need to be around with strangers as well and in, and in an environment where you have to be quiet as well i think i think if you're watching it with a group of mates at home you're more inclined to chat and just let it just play away but you need to just phone be... or whatever yeah, yeah exactly yeah um and it, it was just so much fun there was like little giggling moments when you know something spooky is about to happen there was my friend who I went with uh, one of my old housemates at uni like properly jumped out of his seat like <laughs> full-on like got properly jump scared it was just it was just a such a good experience I'd love to relive that again I I really adored seeing the first certainly the first paranormal activity in it, in it. yeah it was the first time I went to a horror film in the cinema like a proper full-blooded one where I was like, this might be a bit too much for me. And then as it started, I was like, oh, no, I can cope with this. And then that's when yeah. I became like, oh, okay, <laughs> horror is kind of my thing now. So yeah, that's a great show. Uh, Luna, your best experience with a horror film in the cinema? Uh, I think I, I, I don't think I've ever had it topped this far. I've mentioned it on the Drunken Horror podcast quite a lot as well, um, was a her- Hereditary. Um, I had a feeling pretty, it might. Yeah, it you know, this... I've never to this day, I mean, I've seen so many, I've been to cinema so many times. I've never to this day had a cinema experience where just everyone in that cinema just kind of reacted exactly the same. It was like everyone was so immersed into what was happening. And then, you know, the very dramatic scene happens with the daughter and um, it was so quiet to the point, but not like a normal quiet where you're watching the film. It was like, you could just, like Alice said, with tension, you could just feel it in the, Mm. like everyone was just like shocked. Like, it, I I was, I think I even had like my hand over my mouth. I, I was like gasping. You could honestly hear like a pin drop in there. It was so intense, the the vibe in there until you kind of see what happens. And oh my God, it's that experience. I don't think I could ever have an experience like that again, unless, I don't know, maybe something will come up one day. But like, that was fantastic. And I mean, this, the film's great in itself. Like people, like people who 
don't like hereditary uh i i confused the hell out of me but this film in a cinema environment blew me away and just that <laughs> this yeah it was nice to be in a cinema with like everyone was on the same wavelength it was really cool. I, I was gutted I didn't catch that one in the cinema. It would have been incredible. Just for that moment that you mentioned there. Um, but also for, you know, that other moment when like in yes. the bedroom and just mm-hmm. in the corner. Mm-hmm. And then because this is what I imagine like people would spot at different times. They'd just be like, oh, shit, hang on a minute. And then everyone, just, it passes. Oh, incredible incredible i'd love hereditary it's so uh, good i it? do it's, such so good. it's a great so film good. excellent stuff okay this um this next question tends to be one that people struggle with uh so what's the most <laughs> underrated horror film do you think rebecca let's go for you with that one um so this is a film i'm absolutely obsessed with and the girls are probably fed up with me talking about it because i keep <laughs> <laughs> I keep being like I really want to do this on Drunken Horror but no one will get it and it's really weird so <laughs> um, so it's um, The Happiness of the Katakuris, um, which was directed by Takeshi Miike who also directed Audition um, and I really don't know why like um, I feel like Itchy the Killer and uh, Audition kind of get talked about a lot but this film uh, doesn't um, and I don't really know how to like explain it it's like a horror musical um with zombies and actually like i'm just gonna read out like the wikipedia yeah no please go for it i don't think i've heard of it so yeah absolutely so it says uh the film is a surreal horror comedy in the fast tradition which includes claymation sequences musical and dance numbers a karaoke style sing-along scene and a dream sequence (laughs) Uh, what is this film (laughs) yeah and it's bloody weird. <laughs> oh, is it? That's a surprise. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, I mean, I need to see it now. It, but the trouble is, I can't stand musical. <laughs> so that's going to be quite the barrier for me. Um, how did you come by this? Then were you just going down the list of like Takashi Miike or? Yeah, I don't really remember how I found it. Like, I, um, I've i been a big fan of Takeshi Miike for a long time. And, um, yeah, I've watched a lot of his films. I think I might have just, like, seen it um, in, like, HMV or something and be like, this looks interesting. And then watched it and it, like, blew my mind. <laughs> that is bonkers, isn't it? So hang on a minute. So here we go. Yeah, as you say, uh, horror comedy fast clayma- claymation. This sounds utterly bonkers. Look, if no one else wants to do it on Drunken Horror with you, Rebecca, I will come on and do this. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice and Luna are like, yeah, great. We're busy that day. Uh, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, you know, you know what they say. No, I'll take one for the team. It's fine. Yeah. I like to say, I, I point out that I've never said no to this. <laughs> Actually, no. Thank you. That is also true. I think I'm not know either. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly been me being like, mm, probably not a great idea. <laughs> well, I mean, I 100% need to, I need to see this film now because, yeah, it, that just sounds utterly bonkers. So, <laughs> all right, amazing. Happiness of the categories. Uh, Luna. Um, I did underrated not, horror film? I did not struggle with this question because okay. I will stand by this film and I'll remind people of this film on a pedestal if I have to. I um, and I mean maybe people will know it, but like um, two th- the it was a two thousand film. It features J Lo, 
and it's called The Cell. And this is, I want to say, it's like a sci-fi horror. Okay. It is so so good and it has the coolest visuals ever the concept of the, the concept of the film is fucking brilliant and you know i mean i don't think jayla is bad in it as well i think she acts pretty well in it and I, I just i've always loved this film just because of how um i don't know i just love the story on kind of how it unfolds um you could honestly watch this film alone for its visuals. I would say it's 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 beautiful. It's very horrific and horrible in a lot of situations, especially what's happening. I mean, it definitely has like a thriller element to it, but um, ultimately, it definitely falls under a sci-fi horror. I would say. Um, so, like a brief, like synopsis is um, she's the like JLo works for like it's almost like this sleep clinic where they they are able to enter like people's minds through like going into like a hypnotic state or like a sleeping state so they use it on like kids with trauma and things like this to help them heal basically because they're able to kind of show images in their head to help them kind of come away from bad thoughts or intention mm. so the fbi get involved with her because um they find a serial killer who has a woman kidnapped who is like slowly dying and they need to find this woman so what they do is they send jailer into the sky into the mind of like this schizophrenic killer and she sees like the, the what you see in this guy's head is horrible um and it's completely all distorted and broken and it kind of uncovers about the trauma this person the serial killer had in order to kind of get to why he's murdering these women um, but it's a brilliant film. It's beautifully done. And uh, honestly, I think people, I really wish more people knew about this film because it's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd not heard about this at all. It sounds like sort of, you know, mixed between Inception and yeah, Seven, absolutely. I guess. It's yes. a little bit like. Absolutely. And um, it, it's just really weird. I've never heard of a film where the FBI or like the police or whatever have captured the killer and have, and but he's had but like don't uh, seizure. Answers. The reason he, they have him is because he had a seizure in the, the bath and, and he's like in a comatose state, which is why he gets sent to her. And it's like, they literally have the kid, but they can't find this woman who he's kidnapped. <laughs> it's great. It's it, it's a really, really good film. Like I said, I, will, I can't say enough about the visuals in this film. are so cool. Um, and just there's a lot of horrific, like a bit of like gory scenes to it, but um, nothing that would, I don't know, surprise the average horror viewer, I think. I'm giving it a go. You've sold me on it, Luna. It sounds yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. I want more people to watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that. I think that's why we do podcasts, isn't it? So we can go right. I've seen this thing. You've all got it. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, Alice, what's the most underrated horror film? Do you think? Uh, so I did struggle with this one because um, I always find like I don't, I don't know what I, what people would consider underrated. Um, but for me. Person. One that came to mind was um, 47 Meters Down, um, which is, is a, again, another shark-based uh-huh. um, <laughs> uh, horror movie. And it's about two girls that go in a um, shark cage and uh, something happens where the, the cage ends up falling down and the people can't get them back up. Um, and they're running out of oxygen and there's blood thirsty sharks surrounding them um and the, the way that they build tension in this movie it might i think it doesn't help that i'm terrified of sharks um <laughs> because of jaws and i would never go into a shark tank uh but um 
it just the te- I was just on the edge of my seat watching this movie um and I think yeah it just it really needs to be credited for how it builds tension throughout the whole movie um it's just fantastically done is, is it quite a recent one 47 meters down fairly recently yeah there, yeah there is like a sequel that came out which is not as good um 48 meters down yeah, and, um, I think it's called Uncaged, like 47 meters <laughs> out, Uncaged or something. Yeah, um, and it's it doesn't even touch as uh, well as good as um, 47 meters down is. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. I suppose it does tell you the setup, though, isn't it? As the same film, but there's no cage this time. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, been, there's been sort of a re- like a swathe of like you know aquatic based shark based horror, hasn't there recently? Yeah, like, there was the shallows and the the reef mm-hmm. and. Wait, hang on. How was the reef? Yeah, mate. but like uh, the trouble is, is they all sort of merge into one for Merged me. I can't remember one, which yeah. ones I've seen or not. But forty-seven yeah. minutes down, <laughs> I haven't. So there we go. Across the board, there's three that I'm definitely going to check out that I've not seen before because they're underrated. <laughs> the cell, seven minutes down, and the happiness of the catacuries, which sounds like the most bonkers film I've ever. Had. <laughs> I can't wait for that. That's going to be brilliant. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So then my tenth. The 10th disc I'm going to ask you guys for. Uh, what is the last film which scared you? Uh, Rebecca, let's come back to you on that one. Um, so I'm quite hard to scare these days, weirdly. I guess I wasted all my scaredness on being like 10 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it does get harder, doesn't it? The more you watch, the harder it is to find those little gems that do get under your skin, doesn't it? Yeah, and I feel like um I always am trying to like find something that actually properly scares me because you kind of like are trying to grab for that feeling again. Um and when you actually find it, it's always really, really great. Um so I'll probably say it's a bit of a different one, but um Green Room is the last film that really scared me because what's more scary than having to share space with neo-Nazis? Um yeah. <laughs> that's a fair argument to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um I just uh, this film is so intense. Um and like just I, I think putting yourself in the place of the characters just being stuck somewhere with some really, really bad people mm. um who you've pissed off is just like terrifying to me. Um and Patrick Stewart, who's usually like seems like such a nice, lovely man, is so so horrifying in this. I think the the sort of the, it's exactly that thing, isn't it, Rebecca? It's that metasexual knowledge that Patrick Stewart, you see him, you think, oh, lovely guy, Ian's friend, you know. <laughs> yep. And then he comes up in this as the big sort of bad Nazi leader and playing completely against type. It makes it all the more sinister, doesn't it? Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> there's a there's really good. Um, like and by good I mean horrendous looking uh, injury detail as well, isn't there? It's um uh, the, one of the guys has got his arm through the door and they start hacking at his arm with a machete. Oh, oh it horrible! Is, it's minging. It's really horrible that bit. Yeah. I loved Green Room. I thought it was fantastic. Had you have you seen um that director's other film? He did Blue Ruin. Have you seen that one? Ooh, no, I haven't. So, ah, well, let me recommend one to you. Uh, <laughs> last time I checked, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it's there anymore, but it's. I think the lead guy in it is one of the Nazis from Green Room. Um, but I think it's kind of like a realistic take on what if you actually murdered someone like he's pushed to his circumstances i think there's um this guy's done some sort of horrendous crime against his family so he takes 
um, the law into his own hand. It's quite a realistic sort of, okay, well, how do you actually go about killing someone? It's about someone who's completely out of their depth. It's it's a real, real, really worth a watch. That's Again, really up my street. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but you feel so sorry for this guy because he just gets in over his head like way early on. So <laughs> it's definitely worth watching. So yeah, uh, Green Room is great fun. I actually quite like the soundtrack as well. <laughs> it's good. I like, I like the band. They're, they're quite good fun. It's Imogen Poots, isn't it? Is um, one of the other band members. She, do, she does interesting stuff, I think. She's really yeah. good in Green Room. Uh, that's, that's a fantastic show. Yeah. Oh, I need to watch that again, actually. It's been a while. Um, Alice, which one are we on? The last film that scared you. Uh, so, again, kind of similar with Rebecca as well. I kind of, I haven't been scared by a movie in in a couple of years i'll say you know i am kind of looking for that again but <laughs> we're all just um well didn't we we're all just i know hard. yeah <laughs> but to be fair this movie came out fairly recently um and it's host um so oh, that came out in like 2020 i think um and it's probably a mix between it coming out during lockdown and it being centered around lockdown as well um but it just it really freaks me out like and I I love those kinds of movies as well like unfriended and things like that and I went yes. I think I went into it thinking oh it's just gonna be some kind of like silly movie like unfriended and I'll I'll love it but like it actually really really scared me like it's just done so well like mm. it's fantastic it is so effective isn't it it's, yeah but I, I've talked about host a, a few times on on this podcast and i and i always sort of wonder because typically if like a technology appears in a film it ages quite quickly i don't think host is going to i think no. host is actually going to stand the test of time and i think it's because they really did their research into what you could do with zoom and understanding you know we all knew what you could do on a zoom call and we all became familiar with oh, the virtual background like people mucking about at work like coming in to give themselves a cup of tea the fact yeah. they just went down the list of features of Zoom. I'm just like, yeah, we got yeah. a scare for that. We got a scare for that. We got a scare for that. It it yeah. was it I think it's a perfect film and it's probably one of the best. It, I think it is in my top ten. I think it is yeah. it's that high on my list because it was it yeah. was the one that I was like I was showing people who don't get horror. And I was like, I know you don't get it. Here's yeah. why I love it. And just watch that. And so my in-laws watched it and it shat them up good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too as well. I was showing so many people it as well. And I mm-hmm. and I would even like I think I watched it by myself and then the next day I showed my partner it. And then a couple of days later I had some mates around and I showed them it or I recommended them to watch it. Um yeah, and like I'm so excited to see what other things Jed Shepard's gonna bring out because uh, like it's he is just a fantastic filmmaker. He really knows how to make some really good horrors. Mm, absolutely. So you you've seen Dashcam as well, presumably. Have yeah, we all seen Dashcam? Yeah. Yes. Dashcam. I haven't seen it yet. Oh my god! Right. I know. Okay. <laughs> so the thing you've got to do, Rebecca, with Dashcam is, and I promise you this, stick with it because the yeah. main character is the most annoying and actually quite horrible person, <laughs> but you end up rooting for her. It's it's incredible it's absolutely incredible um i probably will cut this just in case this doesn't happen but um james swanton who was in host and um dashcam 
he is due to record his spooky shelf in a couple of weeks time so i get to ask him all about amazing (laughs) he's in it for like seconds but it's like one of the most effective <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. So I can't wait to ask because Stephen King has seen host. And I really want to ask him, like, you something you've done has been watched by Stephen King. What does that feel like? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's so exciting. Yeah. So I mean, if it doesn't come off, then you know it doesn't. But I thought it's quite a fun little insight for you guys to have anyway. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh Luna, what was the last film which scared you? <laughs> Mine was also host. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and well, again, this is this was Alice's recommendation, and uh, I watched this because I thought because I I had seen Unfriended, and like I wasn't scared or anything like by that. But this one really, this one actually freaked me out. And um, mm. generally, I found myself actually like pausing and like having to like up myself up to be like, okay, um, no, definitely. I honestly think this is a a fucking really well made film, and mm-hmm. for for what the concept, what the content is, mm. it, you really wouldn't think a film like this would shine as much as it does but i really really enjoyed this film yeah this is the only film like that really jumps out to me that actually generally freaked me out um recently it was so we, i mean we we sort of skated over which parts of it scared um the two of you was it an overall thing was there a particular scene where you're like, okay this is too much or what was it i think it was there was like well again i always seem to fall back on so a lot of films that tend to freak me out tend to be films that are filmed in a way that are portrayed as real, I guess. Yes. Um, so a lot of the time it's kind of like the silence and the the unknowing or or knowing that there's an entity there, but like yeah. not knowing where it is or what's happening. And it would show itself in various different ways. And yeah, no, that that freaked me out as well because I was just like, this like you know the way it's because it's filmed real I so and I get immersed in films so easily it just <laughs> that's what kind of just like does it for me but I was like oh yeah this is kind of scary <laughs> mm. it was masterful wasn't it uh, it's incredible I, I adore that film so much so excellent well I mean that's the first time we've had the same answer yeah I, when, yeah, Alice said well. it, I, when Alice said it, I was like oh god damn <laughs> <laughs> oh wait so you've not colluded so you don't you no. don't know what you're no. each gonna say not at all not oh, at all oh, which I think is better <laughs> like because because I was going to I was going to send them my list but I thought no like I think because we it's the same with, with our podcast we actually don't share our opinions or like what we're drinking mm. or anything until we actually record which is like yeah I mean I guess people don't really know that but yeah we kind of we kind of keep it as fresh as possible going into something definitely yeah I mean th- yeah I, on several podcasts I've done I've been chatting to a friend who started saying so I go, well save it for the podcast yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> excellent stuff okay uh Oh, here we go. This is a good one. Uh, what's the best death or kill you've ever seen in a horror movie? Luna's clapping, so obviously <laughs> we're going to go to Luna first. <laughs> oh, oh, I love this question. And like, I, there's so many, but like, um, I'm just going to lean on probably one of my favorite films of all time, and that was the 2018 Suspiria. Um, so it's basically the revelation of Mother Suspiriorum killing uh, Marcus's side of the coven who ba- and basically anyone who roots for Marcus is like essentially basically gets eradicated and basically she just destroys these people in but to like a very melancholy soundtrack while a song that's playing by uh, Tom York and it's like it's very beautiful and she's like embracing like being this powerful entity while all these like foe or 
horrible people are being massacred and it's like it's such a great like oh it's beautiful that whole sequence is just like it gives me goosebumps and it just makes me feel feelings that I enjoy feeling. <laughs> I, think I'm, I, I haven't actually seen the remake of Suspiria, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, not a remake. Not a remake. No. Not a remake. So basically, they followed the same story, but have multiple different. They like do the endings completely different. The characters are di- the characters like arcs are very different. Um, it's a very different story. Um, so uh, so the, I think a lot of people assume it's a remake, but it's definitely. Yeah. a different like version of the story i would say okay. but um it's great it's my probably my far my favorite film and it's a very it's a long slow burn film but um i fucking love this film so much i will watch it any day any time <laughs> what put, put it on i'll like i made my boyfriend watch this film recently and um i literally right at the end i was like right so this happens because of this this and like <laughs> did you notice that point that point happened because of this and he was just like Oh yeah, no, I didn't notice any of these things. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, Luna, I I so hard relate to that sort of thing because <laughs> one of the films that I sort of obsess about, and it, like to a point where I I don't know if you do this as well, Luna, but I sort of forget that not everyone has the same level of knowledge or enthusiasm for the prestige as I do. So like <laughs> the number of times I just turned to my wife, please, we'll watch it. I was going, well, I mean, he says, you know, that's it, it's it's been a long time since I've seen real magic. What's he seen? What has he seen that is yes. like more than just <laughs> actual uh, cloning? <laughs> I think so. You know, it's cheesy to say, but you know, like Brenda from like Scary Movie in the cinema, where she's like calling out everything that's happening. To them. That is literally me in my head all the time. I'm like, oh, he's doing that because of this reason, but that is so unexplained. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But we're going with it, and it, yeah, I and then I like have to like vocalize this if I if I'm watching with someone. I'm like, like, did you watch it? Did you pick up on that because of this? And then people are like, yes, we saw that. I'm like, just got to check. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I get some films I get really, really into. It's almost at a like obsession level. Mm. And uh, like this was one of them, this in fabric and just like the quite a lot of like very art house films I get really into just because they always seem to take like very abstract route. Mm. Um, yeah, very big, very very big fan of this film <laughs> well i mean yeah as i say i've I've not seen it so i, I will have to give this one a give this one a look now, i had no idea yeah. it wasn't a real i mean you, you call a film by the same title yeah as a film i can from see like why i mean I yeah know. i mean it's definitely a very completely say i mean it's just a very different version of the story it's almost like reading the same content but like someone has like jumbled it up and put their own twist on it and just kind of which I put, I mean, I love both films equally, and but this one is like my superior one, which is like very dangerous to say because the original Superior is a classic. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Somewhere, Brad Hansen is furious. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I say that very lightly. <laughs> uh, Rebecca, let's come to you for the best death or kill you've seen in a horror movie. Um, so. I, I struggled with this because I know I've seen loads of like really cool camp hilarious like deaths but I, when I was trying to think of it I just couldn't think of fun <laughs> um, so I've gone with um something that's less fun um which is the scene in Midsummer where um the two people who have reached the <laughs> end of their lives um throw themselves off of a cliff um 
because um so I saw this film at the cinema and I really enjoyed like people's reactions like people who just went to see like a fun horror film and like ended up seeing someone's head being smashed in with a mallet (laughs) um and I don't think we're used to seeing kind of um like such a serious death like that so up close and in all of its gory detail and I kind of really appreciate that about this scene it's still really shocking every time I watch it I think the the thing that really sticks out in my mind about that particular scene is the fact that with anyone else, when the poor chap hits the deck, that's like, you know, every single Hollywood movie you've ever seen, that ends with a big old thump and then a crack mm. or something. But it's the fact that it's just, it's almost, it's the sound of like someone snapping a twiglet five miles away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And then just to finish him off with the, you know, the stop hammer time moment. <laughs> I really like the idea that someone, you know, there's people who've gone, oh yeah, this is a fun horror movie. And then the first thing you see is just like, oh God, this is vile. And then <laughs> crying for ages. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I liked Midsummer, but I, not in the same way I liked Hereditary, I don't think. It's not one that I rush back to, particularly Midsummer. Um, but I think when you mention Midsummer, it's that's the moment that everybody references, isn't it? It's the, and here, here's me getting a bit cultural. It's called the Atelstoop, apparently. <laughs> it's the ceremony where aging villagers throw themselves off a cliff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's it's fantastic, and then yeah, obviously getting finished off with uh, with the hammer, excellent stuff. It's a proper splatter, isn't it? That one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I'm really, really tired. All right, I'm. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> and I really made myself laugh doing that, and I tried to really play down how much that really made me laugh. <laughs> uh, Alice, what's the best death or kill you've seen in a horror film? Well, um, speaking of splatters, um, mine is um, Tina's death in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, <laughs> it is just, it's just incredible. Like the amount of blood that happens. And that's how, I think it's probably the one of the most horrific Freddy kills, I think. Um, that, yeah, that's a really good show, actually. Yeah. Because she just gets thrown around everywhere um, up and you see her like being pulled up across the ceiling, up the walls. And it's just a great way to kind of be thrown into this crazy world of uh, of Freddy Krueger, um, mm. which are, like, I, I love the Freddy movies so much. It's a, it's a, like I say, it's a hard contender for my favorite slasher. Um, <laughs> I, I love the franchise, like as silly as the movies get um i i adore them um but yeah that death is just it's just great it's so good so many of the deaths in that movie is great like johnny depp's death is fantastic as well um if you really want like a literally buckets of blood um <laughs> that is that is what you go for but <laughs> i think you're absolutely right with, with tina's death it's a real statement of intent isn't it because as the i mean obviously didn't know this at the time but as as you quite rightly say, as the Freddy movies go on, they get a bit silly and comical. In yeah. the same way that, you know, a lot of slasher and horror franchises do, they end up sort of parodying themselves. Um, yeah. But the fact that it is so horrendous and it's it's not... I don't know if you'd describe it as like a fun kill because she's clearly having like an awful time of it. Yeah. Um, 
And the fact that it's it comes off the back of that really alien sequence where he puts his arms out and they just extend and extend and extend to fill the alley. Um, and practically, on a practical level, it's exceptionally well done. I think what they did is they strapped in um, your man, I can't remember the guy's name, and then he was sort of upside down. Yeah. And then everything that Tina was doing, she was the right way up. But that's why it looks so alien because it's yeah. completely inverse and everything. Um but yeah, it's it is a it, it's a real because she's the first to go, isn't she? So yeah, it's like yeah. saying, no, no, you you need to take this seriously. This is gonna be yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think it's also like her boyfriend is in the room as well and just watching that happen. And like, mm. how messed up must that be? Just like you know, being asleep, you just had sex, and you're just like you know, <laughs> oh, feeling great, and then suddenly like your girlfriend is being dragged up the wall, <laughs> smashed about, and you're like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. <laughs> how am I explaining this one? Uh, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i i love the nightmare on elm street films actually it's it's been a while since so I've seen those great. Two, so They're i very, need to give them good. another run through uh, definitely <laughs> all right then uh we come to our penultimate discs uh for the spooky shelves um what is oh can i please have one film from your favorite horror directors who would like to jump in first i'm happy to um so um just like oh yeah definitely not me (laughs) (laughs) so i always enjoy the movies by james wan um i think that he's just created such a fantastic wide range of horror movies um and i think one of my favorite ones is the conjuring um mm. it's also a good contender for ones that's like really scared me as well um I think it's like possession movies get me the most I think out of all the kind of subgenres. Mm. um I think it's fantastically done I do really enjoy Conjuring 2 as well and I know a lot of people slate that movie but I actually quite like it <laughs> is, the, is the second one the Enfield yeah, yeah yeah I remember that one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Chekhov's broken tree so. yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah that's conjuring another one is... i need to rewatch. actually is the conjuring because uh, yeah. i've sort of they all because they're all in that same universe they all sort of meld into one and then there are some real stinkers in it like the nun was just I'd oh yeah really boring um yeah and like there's a couple of annabelle's in there that's not great either so, yeah yeah i need to go back and watch the conjuring but that's yeah james yeah. one is i mean we have so much to thank him for I mean, come on, definitely. You'd be happy with just malignant, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just for being that shit. (laughs) And uh, speaking of um, James Wan as well, Rebecca has only recently just watched uh, Saw movies. Oh my god! Yeah. At the time of recording our latest episode. Um. (laughs) Yep. How many? How many? Um. How many deep are you in? Have you done? You've done the whole series now, or? Um. Nope. I've done the first one. (laughs) Oh wow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So there's quite a significant drop in quality coming up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you know what saw two's a laugh as well saw two's good saw three's okay as well but then after that it just starts getting a bit yeah so, yeah 
the thing um, is i feel like if you're a horror fan like now i'm like i'm gonna have to watch them all otherwise <laughs> yeah. like can i call myself a horror fan probably not <laughs> yeah, we, like i said we all have these gaps don't we in our, in our knowledge yeah. and what the what your shelves are proving is i have quite a fucking few of them so <laughs> <laughs> uh rebecca let's stick with you then for uh one film from your favorite horror director uh, this was the hardest question for me because I really like thinking about it. I'm like, I really don't have a um, favourite horror director. I feel like I like um, quite a lot of kind of different subgenres within the horror genre. So I find it really hard to put my finger on kind of what I like. So um, I kind of considered uh, Terence Fisher, who um, is was like a big hammer horror director in the 60s and 70s, because that's like a big uh, thing for me um but um a director whose films i've enjoyed all of them but he's only released like a few at the moment is um robert eggers mm. um and my favorite film of his is the vivich um and um i i think i really like his films because i'm a bit of a history nerd and he has like a really good attention to detail with kind of um like the historical details um which i really appreciate um and yeah, The Witch is just such a good witch film. I love it. <laughs> it's it is phenomenal. I think like to, to your point about the you know the, he he including such a you know being a, such a stickler for the details of it. I think I'm right in saying that the score was recorded on instruments from the period when the film set as well, which makes it all the more unsettling. Um, yeah, it's I, I think that's probably the first thing I saw Anya Taylor Joy in was was the witch and now she's just everywhere um i loved i love that film i love that film so much just like the performances that they get out particularly of the younger actors particularly the kids you know the two twins they're brilliant they're absolutely fantastic at what they need to do and then the young lad as well he's great and he's got quite a complex arc that his character goes down and he, he pulls it off completely convincingly um and then you've got the powerhouses of Ralph Innocent and, and Kate Dickey, who I, I don't think they've ever put in a bad shift. You know? Yeah. And Ralph's voice, just any film with oh. him in is just like listening to that voice. <laughs> but uh, there's a, there's a trailer that um they did for the, the witch, which has his voice over in it. And it's just like, it's just like, there's like butter melting in your ear. And he's mm. saying like, really like <laughs> creepy shit, but it's just like, <laughs> oh, I could listen to you for days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The 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 witch is a is an excellent choice. I didn't go so much on the lighthouse. To be fair, hate um, the lighthouse. I'll always say that. <laughs> I, I love the lighthouse. And then one day, Luna and I are going to have a big fight about it. Yeah. <laughs> I You're gonna have a big old showdown. <laughs> I cannot wait. I haven't seen it, so I feel like I'm going to be like the decider. The like, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, I thought we were friends, Alice. <laughs> Whose side do I pick? <laughs> You're being emotionally manipulated from the start of this fight. Incredible. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh luna then one film from your favorite horror director uh mentioned it already but i'm gonna go with i i just feel like i can't not say it but it's gonna be a uh, ripley scott alien um because like i i i a massive diehard fan for sigourney weaver and i feel like she plays she just does strong female lead energy so fucking well and it, mm-hmm. honestly i i, I 
I honestly would put Sigourney up there with an influence for me to transition. And to this day, I, I mean, I have a poster of her, thanks to Alice, in my living room. Um, <laughs> wearing a very lovely Renaissance dress. Uh, it's great. <laughs> and uh, I love this woman. And I feel like, again, she's just one of these actresses that I feel like just was was like the perfect fit for this film. Mm-hmm. She just plays like, she just plays like this, um, her characters like brilliantly. And it's it just kind of like, I love this film. I love the, anything like, which is a good gory alien type of film. I don't know. I, I, again, leaning back on aliens, like, they kind of freak me out, but not, not this alien. This alien just, I was so fascinated by it because the whole biology of the, like the alien, how they all operate mm. and just how like this film was made, especially like at the time it was made as well, I think is like brilliantly done. Um, you should definitely, it definitely deserves so much credit. Um, and, you know, Sigourney Weaver again, I will always mention countless times (laughs) well the thing that she does so brilliantly in alien is in that moment where it all goes it all goes to shit and they're like rushing to get john Mm -hmm. character back on the ship and he's had the the attack from the the um the little gribbly what are they called face hugger thing yeah she's the only one that keeps a cool head and is like no hang on a minute there's still stuff we've got to do so she's the only one that sticks to her job and emphatically goes right I completely, I hear what you're all saying. I get that there's stuff that's going to, but there's also bits and pieces we need to get right to make sure we don't endanger the rest of the crew. And obviously that doesn't, you know, work out, not through any fault of her own, but um, yeah, no, she is, she is absolutely incredible. She's incredible in yeah. that film. I, I think I appreciate Alien like way more than I realize I do. It's, yeah, it, yeah. It, this film honestly it, it is like I think even if you if you're never seen this film and you watch watching now like you should so it, it just deserves so much credit in terms of just like the thought process behind it all and just like what a lot of it is like all prop made as well they didn't really these films didn't have any CGI in uh, in them a lot of them was all handmade and it, it's still just so impactful and I have so much respect for that I mean a great example for this film just because like Ripley Scott's thought process behind it. it's like when the chest burst is like first introduced and kind of um shoots out of like first breaks out of the the first like the first chest essentially that entire sequence was not told to any of the actors mm. they they didn't know this was happening so uh, so basically the reactions you see on like on film are genuine reactions because mm. they had no idea what was going on until they were like oh this is all part of it <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of like i, I kind of love things like that because it's so creative and just kind of you could tell there's like a like a massive element of fun you mm. could tell they probably had a lot of fun filming these these films and you know Sigourney was great. It's those little (laughs) stories of like the magic that they capture. They're just what keeps you going as a film fan. Yeah, and I mean, shout out to like Ellen Ripley, who's literally like there to who basically is like, I will do my job even if like, and she's the only person who goes in there. She's like, no, like fuck you guys. Like this is wrong. Let's not do that. Like she Mm -hmm. completely goes against the whole horror trope of like, oh, let's do all the wrong things. But she's the one Mm. who's like, no, this. This is what we need to do. So, and like they never listen to her. It drives me mad. I'm like, listen to her. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's their mistake, isn't it? Because they didn't, and now they're all yeah. dead. So, I mean, I suppose if they didn't, they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't be a franchise. But you know, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. 
I fucking love the, the entire franchise of this. Like, I mean, like, I'm talking like even comic books. I'm talking about like even lore deep dive videos on YouTube. I have like done it and like massive, massive fan of the this franchise that like Ridley Scott kind of like introduced to us in film. Mm. It's great. The, it's definitely one of the the richest for sort of like lore, isn't it? And the, the yeah, it's so it's, vast. Like, yeah. And I don't think like from a viewer point of view, if you're just seeing the film, like you don't realize how this franchise like it's massive like the the like there's comic book there's like probably hundreds of comic books going like deep dives in the law what happens in the future after all of these these events happen because you know it follows newt on her journey because you know in the the third third film they kill her off and that actually doesn't happen at all she's actually a massive like plot point which is why a lot of people got so angry and it's kind of like yeah which is why i'm so passionate about this film because i'm just like you know there's they kind of definitely messed up with like going into the third one, which I still enjoyed, even though a lot of people hate it. But I actually really I enjoyed it still. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a cheap shot, isn't it? It's a cheap. Shot, yeah, so. it really uh, is. I, I, I yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah she's 100%. she kind of becomes the Sigourney Weaver of like in the comic books, like later on when like Ellen kind of like vanishes and she eventually is like a lead character. But they were like, "No, nah, we're not doing that." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> fantastic stuff yep alien is a very welcome addition to your shelf there luna um we're on our final question uh i'm gonna ask each of you in turn now for your favorite horror film for the last five years rebecca oh mine is titan um I don't know if the, I don't have you two watched it yet. <laughs> yes, Alice? yes, yes. I haven't yet. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. Oh, I can't wait, Alice. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Speaking of of films that just go bonkers, just oh, immediate. Sorry, Rebecca, I'm I'm I'm, I'm jumping on your your bandwagon. T- tell me about Titan. Tell me what you thought of Titan. Uh, so it's a film that starts off with a woman fucking a car. Uh, and as then... all the best films do so <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um and then um things just go from there um so yeah like i i saw this film at the cinema and um i remember just being completely blown away and there was actually this like really elderly woman sat next to me at the cinema i was on my own and she was on her own and at the end she just like <laughs> turned around and went Wow, that was really something, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> that was so lovely. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I'm so pleased that that story ended like that. And she didn't just go, well, that was a little rubbish. But yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's smashing. Yeah, and she actually recommended me a book, which I ended up loving. So smiles all around. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a wonderful night out for everybody. Yeah, very wholesome. <laughs> and do you know what I, I absolutely loved about Titan is that... At the start, it it doesn't really explain. It's never explained why she's killing those people. It's just like, oh yeah, and she's just a serial killer as well. By the way, she just kills that, and then it just that's just left, and then it becomes about <laughs> you know. For what my reason of it was, it becomes about unconditional love, and it's just this most <laughs> wonderful story <laughs> of this father figure. Oh, oh it's great. <laughs> You laughed quite a lot at me there when I said that, and now I'm wondering why. <laughs> I, I think we'll get into that when Alice watches it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with you, though. Kind of, it, there's that interesting kind of heartwarming side to the story mm. that you don't expect. 
Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest with you, so Julia DeCorno is a, she's an absolute hero of mine. Um, and I, I think Titane is a perfect film. So if if we we're, we're preserving this for Alice's benefit, then let's say not a huge amount more about it. But it is an absolutely stunning film. It's incredible. I adored it. I had the best yeah. time watching it. Probably the best thing I saw last year. I think. Yeah, I think it's like very Cronenberg esque as yes, well, 100%. with like the body horror elements, and just also with the world building, where you've got this slightly kind of. Uh, it's like a very familiar world that's similar to ours, but there's some kind of uncanny elements to it. Mm. The stuff it's almost like dream logic, isn't it? The stuff that makes sense, kind of, when you look at mm. things a certain way, you're like, ah, okay, I kind of get it. But yeah, yeah. I, I adored, I adored Titan. That is, I'm so pleased that you, you mentioned that one, Rebecca. That's one of my favorite films. Fantastic stuff. Um, Alice, let's come to you for your favorite horror film for the last five years. Uh, so mine is a Barbarian, uh, which came out just at the end of last year, I think. Yeah, um, it was around then, yeah. Yeah, so I um, had a lot of like, rumours about it at Fright Fest. Lots of people were saying it was really good. I wasn't there that day of Fright Fest, so I missed out on it. And everyone was saying, don't read up about it, don't mm-hmm. watch the trailer, and just go in completely blind. And I did. I managed to um, miss, like all the trailers and not read up anything about it and I'm so glad that I did I think that's like the best way to watch this movie uh and it's just like I mean like when I look back at it now I think like oh you know it's just it's it's fairly stereotypical but then it dives into so many different things and just takes you on these little paths throws you so many red herrings Mm. to the point where you get to like halfway through the second half really you're like oh okay (laughs) this is what it's about I see and like it is just so fantastically done it's really well acted with everyone in it um it was yeah I'm if anyone hasn't seen it before follow the advice and don't read up about it I (laughs) don't want to say I don't even want to say too much about it just because just in case there's anyone listening who hasn't watched it because that's the best way to go in and watch it because I'm also I'm a trailer person as well I love watching trailers and like Mm -hmm. getting me excited for the movie and this was one of the first films I hadn't seen the trailer for and now it's kind of got me like okay yeah I'm not going to read up about films and I'm not going to watch trailers like I'm just going to go in as blind as I can do because I think like it's just the best way to do it absolutely it's one of those ones where it, the red herrings is the real thing you think you're watching a film of a certain a certain genre and it just wrong foots you like a couple yeah. of times it's like yeah you think you're watching this no you think you're yeah. watching this no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. barbarian's fantastic it is mm-hmm. absolutely great and um i think we'll all remember forever the scene with the bottle <laughs> yes <laughs> this, this was fun to watch in the cinema i went with my partner and i yeah like i won't go into it but yeah alice is so right this is such a this is such a great pick <laughs> <laughs> yeah great show uh well luna then see us home What's the your favourite horror film for the last five years? And that is the final addition to all of your spooky shelves. God, I, I, I struggle with this one just mainly because like I have like three at the top of my head, but I'm gonna I've chosen one just because like I mentioned my like one of them earlier. So I'm gonna go with the other one who I think is on equal footing. But um 
Uh, Peter Strickland's 2018 In Fabric is definitely up there as like, I want to say probably one of my favorite, like it's probably my favorite horror of all time next to Suspiria. But like, I, I don't think I could put <laughs> like, put one in front of the other. I have a lot of love for both of these films. for Kind of like the same reasons. Um, this film is very um, dreamlike, but um, very, has a lot of like, I don't know how to, I can't really think of the proper words to actually describe it, but um, this is a, a British made horror and it, it features quite a lot of like um, quite well-known uh, British actors, um, especially like Howard Moon from the Mighty Boosh. I forget his actual name. Um, he's like, well, he's in it as well, which is like, which I find just very funny. Um, Gwendolyn, Christ- Gwendolyn Christie's in it as well. Um, it's It basically follows a department store, which is kind of like, run by witches and basically it follows different characters for different chapters of the of the film um it stops you off with um a character called sheila who's like um a divorced a divorced woman with like a son and i get really emotional about her story just mainly because like everyone is very horrible about her uh well to her they just and she's just kind of out there trying to make friends and dates basically and she buys this dress and the dress turns out to be haunted um and basically yeah i i won't go into i'll try i'm like i'm gonna end up spoiling this film massively but (laughs) this film is very well filmed in terms of like it has a lot of amazing cool visuals of like just things that don't make sense it ha- almost has like a VHSE glitchy vibe to it where it's kind of like you're almost like in hypnotic trance based on when like the department store has like a tv advert on it's very hypnotic um there is like it- it's actually quite funny in a lot of parts as well um it just yeah I love this film it's like I just kind of like oh the soundtrack um is it's like basically all um has is basically no non-vocals or anything like that and I think it was like one of my top listen to albums of like one of the Spotify wrapped it mm. was like up, and I think I listened to it multiple times and um, there's one particular scene I really want to talk about just because uh, <laughs> of the reactions of people because like I um and it involves like a mannequin and a guy ejaculating <laughs> but it's like it's very it's 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 abuse it's actually like such a funny scene I cackle through it all the time but um (laughs) it's great um I really really love this film and it's up there with Suspiria and it's just shout out to Sheila I love that woman in that film I she actually makes me feel very upset but I love her I want to I want to be her friend I really just want to be her friend (laughs) (laughs) poor lovely Sheila excellent stuff yeah in fabric i've I've not seen in fabric so i would um again yeah. add into my list of things that i'm a hundred percent gonna yeah. check out it sounds I think, fantastic yeah i think I, I describe it so badly but it's just like i think because the tie of it is very much like it's this film it, it's very much like on the same boat almost like how like alice said about bobbing like i I really just want people to watch it with like a but not realize too much about it i know i gave some spoilers away but like this film is actually so fun to watch if you know nothing about it. And mm. it's it's just very, very entertaining. I wouldn't say it's, it's not scary or anything like that, but it is a horror. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's it's got a mixture of funny and just very, it's very art housey. It's great. Fantastic stuff. What an amazing set of shelves we've managed to create here. This is absolutely fantastic. I've certainly got a lot of homework off the back of this one. So thank you <laughs> so much for that one. Um <laughs> What we'll very quickly do now is I will just 
run down each of your spooky shelves just to remind everybody of what your picks were. Uh, so, Luna, we'll start with yours. Uh, you went with Scream, which comes with novelty costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and glow in the dark kitchen knife because you need one of The fourth kind, Child's Play, Stir of Echoes, Goosebumps. Great show, mm-hmm. that one. Uh, Alien. I have written a note there. Oh, uh, yeah, Jazz Hand Special Edition. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Speak No Evil, Hereditary, The Cell, Host, Suspiria, Alien again. However, this special edition has the chestburster coming out the yes. front of the DVD. <laughs> Uh, and in fabric, Alice, yes. your shelf was the others, Babadook, sorry, Tony, Scream with another novelty costume, <laughs> uh, The Exorcist, followed by The Exorcist, the TV show, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jaws, a double bill feature of Antichrist and the Sadness, Paranormal Activity, 47 meters down, Host, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Conjuring, Barbarian. And Rebecca, finally, yours reads thusly. The Grudge, The Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Crimson Peak, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, Audition, (laughs) Funny Games, which, I mean, like, you don't have to watch it again. We'll just leave it on the shelf, just as a little nod. Uh, The sing-along version of Wicker Man, which comes with a printed lyric sheet. Uh, The Happiness of the Catacuries, which sounds bonkers, but I will absolutely be checking that one out. Green Room, Midsummer, The Witch, and Titane. Are you all happy with your shelves? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick one of each other's shelves to watch, can't be your own. Who's you going for? Oh, that's oh, hard. It's hard. <laughs> um, I, I, oh, I mean, no. I don't. I don't want to make this out to be like you know, which is your better friend of the other two, but maybe that's what <laughs> yeah. it should become. i think just for purpose just because of the the drama that has unfolded with it i think we're going to go with bloody rebecca's pick (laughs) and uh the clay and the music and i i can't even remember the film name but (laughs) i'm like like, you know what why not Finally, let's get around to doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think I would pick Rebecca's as well because there's lots of films there that I haven't seen. Uh, so I think that it would be a good first time watch shelf. Mm-hmm. Fantastic stuff, Rebecca. You've won. Congratulations. They didn't well know done. it was a competition, but <laughs> what do I get? Yeah, uh, you get a crisp high five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have had, uh, had neither the budget nor the time to think of an idea of a suitable price. <laughs> um, this has been uh, a really, really entertaining podcast recording. Um, do you want to just very quickly give out your socials, your handles, or that sort of thing, where people can keep up to date with all things drunken horror podcast? Go for it. Do your pitch. Should I do my uh, usual thing at the end? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's, there's always okay. one in every podcast. There's always one that has to do yeah. it. So. <laughs> my, well, there's um, only fans drunk and hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
so you can find Drunken Horror on Twitter and Instagram at Drunken Horror. Um, I'm not sure when this episode will be coming out, but we will be having some fun things coming out, like our Patreon and some merch and a brand new logo uh, to go along with it all. Um, so yeah, um, keep us updated. That's how we. Um, that's how we let our listeners know what we've got coming up, and um, it's mostly me just. <laughs> incredible stuff well luna rebecca alice thank you ever so much for coming along and putting up your very own spooky shelves thank you for having us of course yeah, thank you it's been so fun. This, is, this was a lot of fun i enjoyed this <laughs> fantastic Well, there you go. That is the end of my conversation with the Drunken Horror Ladies putting up their very own spooky shelves. What a lot of fun that was. And what a lovely bunch of girls they are. They are so lovely. If you don't listen to Drunken Horror, I thoroughly recommend you go and check them out. They are wonderful people. Remember to subscribe to the Spooky Shelf wherever you get your pods and you can find me at Spooky Shelf Podcast on Instagram. Thanks very much again to Cosmin Ishim for creating the incredible photography and artwork for this podcast and to Raul Coley, who's not a horror fan, and Mike Flanagan, who definitely is a horror fan, who one day I will be speaking to on the Spooky Shelf Podcast. I'm sure of it. It's going to happen. Please. I'll be back next week with another big old spooky show. Have a lovely week and see you next time. Bye, fuckers.